This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Show Up Dad, the podcast where we explore the world of fatherhood and discover the strategies, insights, and stories that empower dads to show up for their families. I'm your host, David Mendonca, and today I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Jenny, to discuss discipline in the homes. But before we dive into today's conversation, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors for their support. This episode of the Show Up Dad is brought to you by Tallman Equipment, a leading provider of high-quality tools and equipment for the power line industry. With Tallman Equipment, dads can confidently tackle any project knowing that they have the right tools at their disposal. Visit tallmanequipment.com to explore their wide range of products and discover how they can help you in the trade. Additionally, I'd like to give a special shout out to the Show Up Dad Foundation, an organization dedicated to supporting fathers in their journey towards becoming the best versions of themselves. Through their workshops, resources, and community, the Show Up Dad Foundation empowers dads to show up, be present, and make a positive impact on their children's lives. To learn more about the mission and how you can get involved, visit the showupdadfoundation.org. Training up our children is something God has called us to do. And we see that in Proverbs 22, 6 and again in Ephesians 6, 4. It is not often fun and often quite difficult. Our kids do not enjoy the struggle behind discipline. But it's God's properly designed way to raise them up to maturity. And we must follow through. As parents, we often put more importance on discipline than discipleship. Discipleship is the foundation to living the Christian life. That is everything. And it is what is all what we're doing is based on. Okay. It is the why behind why we discipline our children. We're going to get into that today. So hello, babe. Hi. (laughs) So today we are going to be talking about why we discipline and why discipleship is important in the home. So we've discussed before what discipline is. So I'm going to explain to you. According to Greek, discipline actually means training, right? It is to train in such a way that it becomes a part of your everyday life, okay? And that's what we're trying to do with our children. Now, the difference between discipline and discipleship, like I was getting into, is it is the why. Okay, a lot of parents don't understand that, right? So our responsibility to our children is to discipline them. That is a God-given rule that he has set before us, right? Right, definitely. And the discipleship and discipline go hand in hand. When you are disciplining your children, you also have to be discipling them at the same time. And the discipleship is basically instilling the character of God 
and the maturity into them with um, good morals and values and mm-hmm. different things like that, that you want that child to possess when they reach maturity. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to raise our children into maturity, right? Like my wife said, morals, values, personal personal responsibility, and self-control. That's something that we need to show them. They came into this world with none of these attributes. None of us did, right? And when we take offense to our kids when they make mistakes, we're showing them a very, very convoluted message, okay? The Bible clearly states that foolishness is stored up in the heart of a child. And we know that, okay? So why is it that we act so shocked when they do something stupid and we take offense to it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because there is a difference between a training, a parent that is focused on training their child up Mm -hmm. um, and then a controlling parent. Ooh. And controlling parents can actually, um, they're the ones that see the child's failures as a direct attack onto themselves. Mm. And that's when we see parents getting very offended by their child's failures and things like that, because uh, their motivations are self-propelled and Mm self-driven. And uh, the parent that is upset because their child failed is more concerned about their own reputation and how they look through that situation rather than the concern of teaching their child how to do it right because everybody's going to fail Yeah, at some point in time in their life, especially children, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't have all these things already tied up and learned, like ingrained inside of them. And so that's our job as a parent. When your child fails, you say, okay, you failed. Yeah. Now let's teach you the right way. Mm-hmm. Poor choice. Yeah. Poor choice. <laughs> let's teach you the right way. And that's where disciplining comes in and discipleship, right? Exactly. I'll give you guys an example of uh, discipleship, okay? My son, Kemper, the youngest, very hard-headed. I'm sure you guys all have children that are hard-headed. And he takes more disciplines than the other two children. I mean. Compared to like the other kids, when they get two or three, maybe a day, if that, he's going to get two or three times that amount. Okay. Now with strong headed children like that, God designed them that for a purpose. Okay. And that purpose is they are natural leaders. They question everything in their little head. When you tell them to do something, they can't wrap their brain around it. They can't understand why they are being told to do this. So they get in trouble because their natural inclination is to question you. And if you are a father who, or a man whose utmost um, need is to feel respected and you don't have that in check and you don't understand that, that that's a need, you're going to take offense to that because now you're going to be like, oh, why is he questioning me? He's disrespecting me. And then all of a sudden you're getting offended and stuff like that, right? So back to the story with my son. He was getting disciplined a lot. I brought him into the room. He started questioning, why do we need to do these stupid disciplines? Why do, why do we got to do this, right? And I was like, okay, son, I think I need to disciple you in this area. So I had to go through the Bible and back it up with scripture, showing him where it said in Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians, where it talks about how as fathers, we're supposed to train our children up in the admonition of 
the Lord, that we are commanded as parents to do so, right? And then I started breaking it down to him in a more childlike level so he could have better understanding. And then I started asking him questions with that. It's like, do you see, son, I don't do this just for me. The Bible says that whom a father chastens, he loves, right? He chastens those he loves. And that's the same way God does to us. He chastens those he loves. So I have to chasten you when you break the rules. And it's a part of my job, if I love you as a father, to do so. And once I broke that out and gave him the, the reason why behind it, the discipline part of it, he has been more able to receive the discipline portion of that. So once I discipled him in that area, he is able to receive the discipline. So discipleship comes before the discipline, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I can give another story. Uh, when we were disciplining our middle child, Lucas, yeah. he, uh, <laughs> he gets very like upset and won't talk to you when he's doing a discipline. And his discipline was to sweep the kitchen, mm -hmm. just to sweep the kitchen floor. You know what I mean? And I told him as he was doing it, I said, man, when you grow up, son, you're going to be able to know how to do all these things, all the things that an adult would do. You're going to be able to do them all. Mm -hmm. So you, it's actually a twofer because if you strategize your disciplines around things that they need to learn mm -hmm. as a mature adult to do for themselves... And you also instill the character that they need to have through the discipleship, then you're going to raise a mature and uh, really a good adult, you know, a good functioning adult. Yes. And so it actually is a huge benefit to your children. Mm -hmm. But of course, you don't like it when it's happening, right? No. I know I didn't like it when I was going through it. In fact, Hebrews 12. 11 says, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful nevertheless. Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And the interesting thing is, is that when you do not dis discipline your children or disciple your children, your children actually will have a void inside of them where they believe you don't love them. Mm. And I grew up in a household where there wasn't a lot of discipline. There wasn't training. My parents didn't, you know, talk to me about the things that I needed to know or do in order to be a functioning adult or, you know what I mean? They really didn't do a lot yeah. of, there wasn't, it wasn't a strict household at all. We kind of did whatever we wanted, came home whenever we wanted, you know, all those types of things, ate whatever we wanted. Yes. <laughs> and, you know. Honestly, in my heart, I felt like I wasn't loved. Yeah, I could totally see how that would make you feel that way. Cause... Yeah. And it led me yeah. to seek like a more, I don't want to misrepresent like our relationship, but kind of a more controlling partner. Mm -hmm. So that way I could, ha I, I, I was craving boundaries. Yeah, the structure. Right? Yes, yes, mm -hmm. structure, a more structured relationship. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Because I was craving those boundaries because honestly, those boundaries make you feel more loved. Mm -hmm. Even though 
at the time when you're getting disciplined, you're like, you don't love me. Yeah, like, it's remember, painful. Yeah, like <laughs> Nakota, right? Yeah. We disciplined her and the boys. And she had a grudge against oh us gosh. for like two days, right? Yeah. She gave us the silent treatment. And then we sat down with her and we talked to her about it. And she's like, it's because you don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> and then after we had a conversation with her, right? She really turned her thinking around. Yeah, we have to actually implement the discipline or the uh, the discipleship portion of that to her. Because we dove into this head first. We're going to start disciplining all this stuff, right? But until we learn the importance of actual discipleship and how that backs it up and they go hand in hand. It was kind of hard. It really was. And I, I want to read something real quick. It's a story about this butterfly. Okay. And this is a prime example of why God created uh, the difficulty in his perfect process, right? The struggle, the strain, the difficulty. Okay. Anyhow, there's this young child. He's walking home from school. He's doing what kids do. And he looks at this tree and he sees this cocoon. So he stops, he stares at it, and he thinks to himself, man, this is really cool. It's going to turn into a butterfly. I'm going to take it home with me. So he does. He, he breaks it off the branch, takes it, puts it in a jar. He rushes home, puts it in a jar, pokes holes in the top of this little jar, and he leaves it there in his room so he can see it every morning. Well, as time goes on, he starts getting impatient because this thing's not doing anything, right? He looks at it every day as soon as he gets home. He stares at it and just waits because he wants to see this beautiful uh, butterfly come out of this cocoon, right? Well, as time goes by, he gets impatient. And then finally, he sees a little tiny slit at the top of this cocoon, right? He sees this little hole and that gives him his hope. That's where he's like, all right, man, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. But as children, they are impatient and some adults, what does he do? He opens the lid. He takes his scissors and he starts cutting that slit. Okay. So he opens up this cocoon and instead of, you know, this beautiful butterfly with these wings and stuff like that, all powerful and beautiful emerging from this thing, drops this lump with this, uh, this shriveled up winged creature, right? That looked like he was in pain. Anyhow, it eventually died right before his eyes. Okay. So the moral of the story is the butterfly died because God's perfect process, the struggle, the strain, the difficulty in emerging from that cocoon, right? The fluids that are transferred and pushing through his wings and stuff like that when it gets out into the atmosphere, all these different things that need to happen. When you remove that struggle like that kid did and help that butterfly through his problems, the boy killed that butterfly. And I think that's what sometimes parents do when we think we're actually helping them and removing struggles from them. We're actually being counterproductive and we're not bringing our children to maturity, right? Right. Yes. So sometimes I think mothers deal uh -huh. with this more, but you can see it in fathers sometimes too, where they want to remove all obstacles for their children, make things easier for them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all these different types of things. Sometimes they don't want the other parent to administer disciplines or they themselves don't want to follow through with disciplines. And uh, you're essentially removing the struggle. Like my husband talked about in that story, 
the butterfly isn't supposed to be cut out of the cocoon. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to wiggle and squeeze out so the fluids can get pushed into the wings so the wings can spread and become bigger. Yeah. Um, but when we actually cut open the little <laughs> you know the when we remove the struggle. When right? we remove the struggle for our children, they don't mature. Mm -mm. They don't mature and they stay I mean everybody knows somebody mm -hmm. who is an adult child. Absolutely. Whether you that. work with them or you have these family members in in your own family where there's a a brother or whatever that's still living at home and they're in their 40s and mm -hmm. they're still, you know, mooching off mom. Mhm. Mm and I mean all these different types of things. That's not the goal. No, it is. The isn't. goal is to have somebody that can make decisions for themselves and good decisions for themselves when they become an adult. Absolutely. And it sucks. I mean, I'll be the first to to admit it. It sucks. It sucks being disciplined, right? We all struggle with it. It's a it's a natural human reaction, right? And our children are going to do the same. You know, they're going to respond to discipline and authority with discomfort and some form of emotional struggle. It's it, it's it's normal. Okay, so when they're doing that, don't take offense to it. Okay, just know that that's part of the struggle. Right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to, as parents, contribute to their destruction. There's a scripture, Hebrews twelve eleven, that says, "Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful." Nevertheless, afterward, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. This process is not pain-free, but rather discomforting. After that pain, the tears, etc., it's going to bring about these good habits that we're trying to instill. The character that they need in life, right? So, And as I had spot, spoke about Hebrews 12, 11 earlier mm -hmm. in this conversation, I really think that that is like the banner for yes. this conversation because mm -hmm. i mean we can we could repeat it time and time again just so that we understand ourselves because i know i don't like being chastened no, no, <laughs> i don't like being corrected but it's so important it's it's the theme of discipline and discipleship what well, also leads to many types of failures in life when we don't raise up our children to maturity mm -hmm. right failure to thrive kids literally you know I mean, it's 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 if what is it failure to launch right when you have a 30 year old man living in the basement playing video games of their parents home yeah i like that movie failure to launch yeah failure to launch exactly um definitely and also your children you don't want them growing up and you know, we're seeing a lot of these problems nowadays where people aren't able to take responsibility or accountability. Mm -hmm. And that's part of raising them up. And then also people that can't control their anger and they're just exploding or they're taking it out on society. We don't want those things as well. So there's, there's a lot of detrimental things that can take place if you're not implementing the discipline and the discipleship. So if you feel like your home might not have a the right kind of discipline and discipleship plan. How can we get them started on creating a plan to do that? I think first and foremost, you need to get with your wife, right? Mm -hmm. And be on the same page because that, that's another thing too. 
you could possibly be coming from a background where you think this is okay, but your wife doesn't think it's okay. And now you guys aren't on the same page. And the Bible clearly states that how could two walk together unless they agree, right? Right. So I think that's the number one thing is coming together with your spouse, discussing the plan, discussing what rules you want in your house, mm -hmm. right? Um, God wrote down the Ten Commandments as a guideline for us. He physically wrote it down so we can see it. So who are we not to do the same exact thing? Yes. You know? Yes. And so if you don't have like a discipline plan, my husband's absolutely right. Get together with your spouse. That is so important. Mm -hmm. Getting on the same page. Write down your house rules. Yes. Because if you do not write down your house rules, you're going to be flying by the seat of your pants mm -hmm. and it's going to get confusing real fast to your children because you're going to be like, oh no, this is the rule or that's the rule. And then they don't know what the rules are. So it's really good to write down your house rules where everybody can see them. And then you guys know, oh, okay. It's not okay to be disrespecting each other and hitting each other. That's one of the house rules. See? Yep. And they can visually see it, right? <laughs> and, and they can't manipulate it. Too. Excuse me. And also... It's one of those things where it's easier to administer disciplines and not accidentally show favorites amongst yes. children. Yes. I'll give you guys an example of that. Say the rule in your house is no jumping on the couch. You come home from work, your kids jumping on the couch, jumping on the couch. You just work 24 hours straight or whatever, and you kind of brush them off. Hey, stop jumping on the couch. Leave it at that, right? You don't follow through, okay? Now, it's at the end of the night. You've already told that one kid to stop, okay? Now his younger brother comes in the picture because he was wherever. He starts jumping on the couch. You're already frustrated because you're tired. You haven't eaten yet. Your wife's making dinner. The house is chaotic, whatever. Now the younger brother's jumping on the couch, okay? Now you carry out a discipline and you start yelling at that kid and you're telling him, Hey, I've already told you not to jump on the couch. Now you're going to get a discipline. Now you're in trouble. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. Well, he's thinking in his head, well, why didn't he get a discipline? Right. Why am I getting the discipline? You're not consistent in that moment. And what does that convey to our children? That he is not loved as much as the other one. Mm-hmm. And that, that can breed animosity amongst Absolutely. your children and create a chaotic home. Exactly. And also, it also creates rebellion, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Because in a, in, a, in a past uh, teaching that we talked, we talked about how hypocrisy breeds rebellion. Well, that's hip, hypocritical or HIPAA. It's hypocrisy in its <laughs> finest. I can't even talk today. <laughs> it's hypocrisy in its finest right there. Yeah. Um, I couldn't even think of the right word I know. to say. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, that's hypocrisy that you're showing them. It's going to cause rebellion and it's going to cause some hurts in that child. Mm -hmm. And what happens at that moment? The kid starts not feeling good enough. And that's the door. That's the seed that gets planted in their head where Satan, our adversary, Starts going to work on him. Starts telling him, you're not good enough. Your parents don't even like you. They discipline you. They don't discipline your brother. Something is wrong with you. Mm -hmm. That seed gets watered over time. And then in adolescence is where we start seeing the problems. The yeah. drugs. Yeah. 
you know, the rebellious behavior, all these different things that we deal with. In the teenage years. Yeah. They really come out in the teenage years. Absolutely. Yep. And so definitely get on the same page in the household. And then I would say the, the first step for discipleship is deciding what you want, what kind of character you want your children to have mm. and getting on the same page with your, your spouse on, you know, what self-control looks like, what morals and values you guys want yep, and what you want your care, your children's character to be like. So that way, when you are making your house rules, they fall in line with how, you know, with building that character, building that self-control. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you, if one of the rules is don't be yelling and screaming at each other mean names, well, that falls in line with self-control, controlling yes. your anger. So that's why it's a house rule, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Don't be hitting each other or punching people in the face. As a, re re you know, revenge type of mood. Well, that also is self-control, mm -hmm. right? Don't lie. That's good morals, good character. Yes. So see how they work together. Absolutely. And it gives you a clear picture of what kind of adult you want to create. And, and it's measurable, right? It's measurable. And it gives the discipline purpose. Mm. It gives the, you know, I'm not just disciplining you and hitting you or making you, you know, clean the whole house because I'm angry mm -hmm. because you made me mad and I had a hard day at work. No, it's discipline with a purpose. Okay, now you're going to go, you know, clean the windows and I'm going to talk to you calmly. I'm not going to let my emotions overtake me, but you're going to clean the windows because you lied to me about not having homework yeah and you made a poor choice and you made a poor choice and you leave it at that right right it's not oh i'm just at the my wits end now everybody you know go scrub toilets and mm. drink the toilet water <laughs> just kidding <laughs> mm -hmm. i i i i would never do that but i'm just i'm making it kind of crazy because some people really allow their emotions to get the best of them yes and hurt their children Absolutely. I think a lot of parents operate from a state of being reactive instead of proactive, right? Yes. And we're really just trying to give parents tools mm -hmm. to be able to put their home in order. So that way, you're not falling on the emotions mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Now you have a plan. And you're not allowing yourself to get to that place. A lot of moms, a lot of parents sometimes don't want to administer a discipline when it should be administered. And they let it slide and things get way worse during the day. And then you're at your wits end and you're mad and you're yelling and you're doing all these things where you could have nipped it in the bud the first moment. Absolutely. And then think about that too. Mama's at her wits end. She's been at home with these kids. Daddy walks in, hasn't seen his family. He's tired. And, you know, he sees mama pulling her hair out, yelling at the kids. He wants to be the hero. He wants to show up for his wife and start 
taking it to the next level, right? And, and start telling the kids, hey, you guys better settle down. Bah, 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 bah. Get everybody in line. Get everybody in line, right? Because mama looks like she clearly can't handle it. And all of a sudden, now he's getting told off by the wife because the wife feels that he did not operate out of a, a calm demeanor, right? Yeah, it affects your marriage. It affects your marriage. And then the guy's like, wait a minute. You're the one who is complaining. You look like you're stressed out. I'm helping you. I'm getting these kids in line. And now you're yelling at me because I took your side. And then that creates that stress within marriage, right? Mm -hmm. And now you're fighting with your spouse. And it's just a spiral effect. Mm -hmm. It really is. And think about it. When your house is in order, as the Bible calls it to be, your house is in peace. You can go to work knowing that your kids are being trained. Your the, the method that you and your wife have come together and agree upon is being carried out in your home. So you can go to work with a perfect peace of mind knowing that she's got it until you get home, right? And I, to me, I think that's invaluable. Mm -hmm. Seriously, if I go to work, I don't want to be worried about, man, are the kids going to drive mom up the road? Is she going to, is she going to, you know what I mean? freak out and start drinking or or whatever you know or worse commit mm -hmm. suicide because she can't handle it or mm -hmm. you never know seriously so it is super important to write these things down these disciplines and to implement them in your home and another thing i wanted to talk about too is when you're telling your kids to do something you better better be living it mm -hmm. as an example right you better be emulating it yourself because that's another form of hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that kind of falls into the category of discipleship, mm -hmm. right? Like yes. we have to be living it in order to properly disciple our children. Like you don't want to mentor under somebody that they themselves don't have the skills that you want. They don't have them like down made mm -hmm. well, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to, uh, go ahead and like train under a silversmith mm -hmm. that isn't very good at silversmithing <laughs> right <laughs> and then expect to come out like this master silversmith that's not going to happen no right so as a parent you need to really be working on yourself the same time that you are discipling your children it's super important and i think a lot of parents and I'm not coming after people that put their kids in Christian school because I, I understand there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world. But yeah. if you are putting your children in Christian school as a way to supplement your job, your job as a parent, mm -hmm. then you really need to rethink your plan. Absolutely. You have missed the mark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Church. Uh Christian school should not take the place of, of of disciplining your children and discipling your children. God has yes. commanded you to do so. The home is where it, it should be the primary place where they're learning it. Absolutely. And if, if they are learning these things primarily at home, a lot of the things that they're going to face in the world are going to be a lot easier for them to resist. Mm -hmm. A lot of the temptations, the worldly temptations, the the horrible things that we're seeing happen in the world. If your home isn't in order and in line, 
and you're preaching to them that they need to be in line and order, but you yourself aren't living it, those things are going to look really shiny and good. Mm-hmm. All that sinful stuff. But if you are primarily living it, your children are going to live it too. Because you've walked that line first. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, my husband and I, we don't drink. We don't do any substances at all. And we have not had any issues with our daughter wanting to do any of it. No. And absolutely. she's going to graduate high school this year. Never once has she ever come home drunk or drugged up or anything or even has the desire. When she sees drunk people, she's like, Mom, they look so dumb. Mm-hmm. And I know that is a testament of the walk we have chosen to walk. Yeah. And man, I, I tell my story all the time about stopping drinking. I haven't drank in 16 years. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I'm a goody two shoes or anything like that. I think I've drank in more than most, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, needless to say, I, it was one of the best decisions I could have possibly met or, or, or made for my family. Right. Mm-hmm. But it takes you stepping up in that gap and choosing to do something different to stop that generational curse in your family. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what we're trying to do with this training with discipline, right? We want to create a legacy for our future children and our children's children. We want to stop everything that we did and what we were shown here with us. We need to stand up in that gap, right. Mm -hmm. For our future generations. Mm-hmm. You know, not to be goody two shoes or anything like that, but to honestly live a blessed life, mm-hmm. right? Deuteronomy talks about blessings and cursings, all right? And there is curses based upon your disobedience, mm-hmm. right? God clearly states in his word, choose. I have given you the choice between life or death. And it falls back to even in the beginning with Adam and Eve. Right, they had a choice. God told them, "Do not eat from that tree." Mm-hmm. They chose otherwise, and as a result, we are where we're at today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, the fall. Yeah, definitely. So it is important to understand that there is choices. Our kids are going to make these choices to do good or or bad. Our job is to help them make those choices by showing them good character, raising them. with good character, training them into good character, morals, and values. And I think it's really important for parents to know and understand that children are naturally going to have childish behavior. Yes. They are going to act foolish at time. In fact, a child can be foolish, they can be disobedient, and then they can also be defiant. And as a parent, we really need to discern what is happening with our child. And when we discipline our children, we must always first act in love. Always. Because your negative communication can make your child feel unloved and you can harm your child um, if you are not handling the discipline in love. And we really want to make sure we are understanding normal childish behavior mm-hmm. normal foolishness <laughs> that's just gonna take place and yeah. happen and then defiance defiance is when a child rebels against the discipline that follows their foolish act or or um immaturity so if your child did something foolish 
and you're like, okay, poor choice. I'm, you know, it sucks that you made that choice. I'm mm -hmm. so sorry. This is probably this, you know, you could ask them, you know, what, what do you think would be a better choice mm -hmm. and then see what they have to say. And if, you know, then you can, you know, give them some ideas of what would be a better choice. And then you give them their discipline. Okay. Because you made a poor choice. You got to go to the bathroom and clean the mirror or whatever. Yeah. Throw the trash or whatever. Yes. And then defiance is when they're like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. Yeah, exactly. And that's mm -hmm. when the scourging or punishment takes place. Remember guys, discipline is not punishment. It is training. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think it's important that we make a, we give an example of what discipline is versus what punishment is. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's a scripture that says in Proverbs 29, 15, it says the rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left himself brings shame to his mother. So let me break that down for you. The rod, which means authority, which is the authority that God has given to us, right? And the rebuke, which is training. Okay. The rod rebuke give wisdom to maturity. A child left himself with no training brings shame. It is our responsibility to train by using our authority, which is that rod, and not to sit idly by and expect them to mature. Once again, it's our training. It is something that God has given us the authority. I think a lot of people misconstrue the rod as a tool to beat our children. Yes. Right? Yeah. I've gotten, I don't know how many arguments, and they're like, oh, well, gentle parenting doesn't work. And I, never said anything about gentle parenting right at all and you don't learn anything if you're just getting hit but you have no understanding mm. because you know let's just put it this way foolishness comes from a lack of understanding absolutely full the word foolishness means deficient in understanding unwise brainless irrational ludicrous and a lack of judgment so the child doesn't possess the ability to make that good decision. They they lack that judgment, yeah. right? And it's our job to give them <laughs> judgment. Mm -hmm. And you instill that in them through re repetition, through training. training, through being consistent. That's why it's so important to be consistent. Mm -hmm. So that way it sticks with them. Well, everybody now, I mean, we're in the, the new year, right? So let's break this down even simpler. Um, what does everybody do at the beginning of the year? They join a gym, right? They want to get in shape, mm -hmm. okay? Well, it's the same thing with disciplining our kids, right? You can't expect them to go out there and bench press 225 pounds right out the gate. Right. Absolutely not. You're going to crush them under that weight. And it's the same thing with training our kids. You got to crawl, walk, run. That's something they taught me in the military, right? We have to start them off slow and build them up. Every single day, we're building them up. And that starts with consistency. You're not going to get to that goal that you're trying to instill in our kids by going right to the end, going from A to, to C without going to B first, right? Right, right. It's going to take a being, process. And then being upset with them because you're like, you failed. Yeah, you're. Why are you doing this still? Here, I mean, you're you're a forty this? pound kid on a bench press, and <laughs> I'm giving you two hundred and fifty pounds to bench press, and it lands on your chest and it like crushes you, and then the parents angry at them because they failed. Exactly, and that's the exact same thing we're doing with disciplining our children. Yeah, know? and it sounds like totally crazy, like, but that's really kind of what we're doing as a metaphor mm -hmm. in our children's lives, expecting a a level of maturity 
and then being extremely angry with them when they don't do it, when they fail the first time or, or whatever. I think it's all about a mindset change too, because when you see that your kid fails, instead of taking that as a, uh, taking offense to it and being like, man, I can't believe we've gone over this before and you're still doing this and getting upset and the message that we're sending to them that they're broken, right? We need to see that as an opportunity that, hey, they haven't arrived yet. They need more training in this area. Mm-hmm. I think it wasn't until I started changing my mindset and thinking that way that I started seeing positive results in my own children. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I started changing that and, and start thinking about it. And I'm like, all right, instead of getting mad, now it's like, all right, this is something that's measurable. This is something they're lacking on. They're doing this but they still aren't doing this. Mm-hmm. So I need to focus on this. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And besides that, your house will never look as clean as it's ever been. I mean, all the disciplines that you hand out, the kids are <laughs> yeah. clean like crazy, right? But it's nice because those are also skills that they're yes. going to need to learn when they're adults. Like it'll be nice because my boys are going to leave knowing how to put the dishes away. They're going to leave knowing how to sweep the floors, how to clean toilets. You know what I mean? And we're not talking about making your kid clean for hours on end. No. Okay. Because I know that, you know, there's been a couple of cases where these two women had their children doing yard work in the hot sun with no water and the kids almost died. And those were punishments and they got, they went to jail for child abuse. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about small tasks that can be done within a a reasonable amount of time for their age. uh, And that also are a little bit challenging Mm -hmm. or inconvenient for them. We're not talking about slave labor in your home. (laughs) And I have to say that because... It's unfortunate, but sometimes people will take it to to that level, you know, and I also need people to know that when you're harsh, the seed of correction will not penetrate during Mm. the discipline. It won't penetrate into their hearts. Why is that, though? Because it's it's pain. Instead, you're you're cutting open their heart in those moments Mm. and you're causing like a scar and scar tissue is hardened. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when we. You're exasperating. Exasperating your children, right? Yes. And we're hardening their hearts. So all that training, all that discipline that we're trying to instill in them, right? The discipleship portion will not get into their hearts. And that's what we need. As parents, we need to get into their hearts. Okay. That's where their mind, their will, their emotions all settle. That's where they make these decisions and stuff like that. The Bible says, above all else, guard your hearts. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's important. We need to captivate our children's hearts. We need to get a hold of them. And when we are doing stuff that is contrary to God's word to them, when we're exasperating them, mm-hmm. right, we're actually causing a callus to develop over that heart to where that seed of correction you're trying to do will not penetrate mm-hmm. and it gets harder and harder. You know, we have people now in their forties and fifties 
who have such hardened hearts, they cannot allow anybody close to them mm -hmm. at all. Even mm -hmm. their own spouse, you bring that into your own marriage, you know, from a, 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 a father wound. Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The The results can be devastating. And we, even if you think about your own relationship with your parents, mm -hmm. um, because nobody's parents are perfect. No. I'm sure everybody has some wounds. When you think back, you know, you probably still have some pain there. And to think that our own actions aren't capable of doing that to our own children, mm -hmm. you know, that's just, that's, just foolishness on our own part. You know what I mean? We, we need to be able to look at ourselves and truly face this in a way that is loving because we love our children. Yes. We love our children and we want the best for them. We want them to do good, but that also means not taking all the obstacles out of their life. And then also that also means not being a horrible obstacle or bully to mm -hmm. our children as well. Well, that falls into the controlling parent category as well, right? Yeah, the dictators. Dictator, not a trainer, right? Yeah. Uh, a symptom of this would be um, your inability to accept failure in your children, right? When your children make your child makes a mistake, you can't handle it. Mm -hmm. You know, you freak out. Um, your your child is bad, is wrong. It's all a direct threat to your own parental authority. Mm -hmm. You know, and that, that's that's very bad yeah and you know, the definition of controlling is to exercise power over mm -hmm. to dominate or rule to restrain a restraining force mm. so when you really think about it that's not a very good thing no it's you not. don't want to dominate over your children and god gave our children free will just as he gave us free will so it's not our job to control our children it's our job to train them mm. because we do want them to think for themselves absolutely right i always tell you like you don't necessarily want a super like an obedient child that's militantly obedient like i'll do whatever mom and dad ask you want a child that grows up to become somebody that has their own mind and yeah. thinks critically not just i'm going to do anything that dad asks because i don't want to get hit mm -hmm. you know what i mean there's a scripture that says that god gives grace to the humble so if you find yourself in one of these categories where you're a controlling parent i highly encourage you to go to god and tell him about your failures tell him hey god i'm guilty of being a controlling parent at times please show me change my heart show me how i need to raise my children and i guarantee you when you humble yourself like that that's when a miracle happens okay god does not resist a prayer like that and god will answer a prayer just like that but it takes you being the parent to humble yourself and admit when you are wrong yeah. at the same token we're not perfect mm -hmm. right when we make a mistake with our children and we yell at them or we get angry or frustrated because that's a, that's an emotion, right? We have to be quick to humble ourselves and go to them and apologize and let them know, hey, man, I'm sorry. Daddy is sorry for yelling at you. I made a mistake. Please forgive me. And that does two things. It shows them that you are quick to recognize 
and take accountability of yourself and your actions. That goes hand in hand with what I said before. They got to be able to see it in you so they can emulate it, right? So that shows them that. And it also shows that you make mistakes too. One of the things that my daughter told me is she thought she had to be perfect because I always perceived like I was perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's so far from the truth. And I had to explain to her, man, daddy makes mistakes all the time and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And I had to explain to her, both her, both my wife and I had to explain to her, hey man, daddy and mommy didn't raise you this way. We made a lot of mistakes. Will you please forgive us? We're trying to do things different now. Mm -hmm. Right? I think that's such a huge, huge thing for parents to be able to do. I think, I mean, there's probably a ton of people out there who have never heard their parents tell them they're sorry and their parents have hurt them a lot and all they wanted was a sorry. Mm -hmm. It It is such an act of love when you, and it's also... You know, the whole parenting journey is to grow you also yes. as a person. And you're not going to be faced with this amount of triggers anywhere else in your life, except for here in this relationship of parenting. That is going to help you really face some things in yourself. And if you lean into it the way God wants you to, where you can analyze your own behavior through the parenting journey, like... Oh man, why is it I have unrealistic expectations for my kids? And really look into those things. I mean, many times you might even find out that that behavior is a result because you have unforgiveness towards your parents because yes. your parents probably had unrealistic expectations of you or you never felt like you lived up to your parents' expectations. You know what I'm saying? So if you really, really just look deep inside of yourself and humble yourself and are able to say, hey, I'm sorry, kids, and then take accountability, you will grow as a person and your children will grow and your household will grow closer in love and, and relationship. And it's a beautiful thing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, I like that. Um, you're absolutely right. Putting in that work, forgiving our parents, mm -hmm. understanding that they weren't perfect themselves and that they made mistakes, mm -hmm. right? And not carrying that into your own relationship as well. Yep. You know? Yep. When we're able to humble ourselves, like I said, to our own children, that helps them to better understand us and also to forgive us too for our mistakes. Yeah. And, and freeze them up. Yeah. And just, you know, remembering, like, I have to remind myself 10 times a day. <laughs> this isn't just, you know, about training my kids, but it's also about growing myself, mm -hmm. too. And man, sometimes it's hard. Like, it's it can be really, it can be tough. But I mean, support your spouse, <laughs> support your spouse through the journey and, and yeah. give your spouse grace. Because as long as as long as your spouse is trying to do better uh -huh. you know that's 
how does that make you feel when you see that I'm trying? Like if I, you know, even though I make a lot of mistakes, you know, how does that make you feel as a wife? I'm just so grateful that you just continue to try. You show up every day, you study more, you learn more, you try to hold yourself accountable more. Sometimes, I mean, when I say things, Hey honey, that wasn't, that was a little out of line on your part. Mm -hmm. You analyze what you, what I said, Mm -hmm. and then look at your own behavior and you're like, yeah, you know what? I can see, I can see where I was out of line there instead of getting offended and stuff. And it makes it so much easier because um, if you're in a relationship with somebody where your guys's parenting styles are wildly different because you're, your upbringing was wildly different, it can actually really start to wear on your marriage mm-hmm. uh, in in a really, really weird way um, where you don't realize that that having children can really cause that much tension in the marriage if mm-hmm. you and your, your spouse don't get on the same page. But when, when you see your spouse is really trying and really wants to hear your input mm-hmm. and is able to stay calm and not be offended, Oh, it just makes me feel so grateful. So grateful for you. <laughs> I, I think it started to change, though, when you started to take a different perspective on reaching me instead of doing it in the moment and, you know, being triggered by something I said or did. Yeah. Right. Um, Triggering a trauma or whatever. When you wait until afterwards and you're like, hey, man, I knew what you meant, but this you shouldn't have said this or whatever. Yeah. I think that has really, really helped out. It shows me that you are, you got my back, that you are helping me. You're there to, to help me go through this journey as a spouse should be, right, for each other. Yeah. Versus hitting me over the head with something and it's like, oh, man, I'm already ashamed because I knew I, I opened mouth, insert foot, and now you're really bagging on me. You know, and the kids know yeah. make mistakes and stuff like that. So that was definitely one of my issues as a wife. Uh, <laughs> I would say that I kind of had pretty bad control issues concerning like the parenting realm because I was just, you know, there was a lot of fear in me and a lot of stuff. And so I, I was very controlling about the way that you would, would parent. And that was not good. Mm-mm. That would not make you feel good as a, a man and a leader and things like that. And so I'm still working on it. Mm. I'm sometimes I still mess up, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm still working on it. I'm trying to get better at, you know, coming to you not in front of the kids because that's one of the important things. The kids need to ultimately see that the parents are on the same team. Yes. Not that the parents are against the kids, but that the parents are leading the way for the kids. So, and like Kemper even said the other day, what was it today? He was like, oh, when he was getting disciplined, you and mom are always on the same team. (laughs) (laughs) That's good though that he saw that, right? Right. And that's actually where we want to be because if your children, I'm going to say this right now, this will create strife in the home. If your children go to one parent and the parent says no, but they know. If they go to the other parent and that parent says, yes, I don't care what dad says, it's going to cause chaos in your home. Yeah, a divided home cannot stand, right? It's going to cause chaos in your home. 
big time chaos because the kids will pit the parents against each other mm -hmm. in order to get what they want because foolishness is stored up in the heart of a child and they just want what they want. They, their main goal is driven by, you know, pleasure or curiosity or whatever it is in that moment. Mm -hmm. So it is the parent's job to sh show a united front and to lead the way for the children, mm -hmm. not show a united front against the children. Mm -hmm. No, I like that. Now, Jenny, I wanted to ask you, um, what's another bit of advice before we get off here that you can leave with our audience about what discipline is or um, words of encouragement or something like that for someone who's going through trouble raising their children or don't know how to raise their children? What bit of advice could you leave our audience? Uh, I think that if you are feeling really bad about where your household is or you are exhausted because your home is in chaos, just know that it is not too late. And even if you feel like your house runs fairly good, but you feel like there is something that you need to patch up or, or get straightened out, it's not too late to start implementing these principles. If you want more information on running your household and parenting God's way, you can, you know, get in touch with us. Send us an email over at the showupdad at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us that you're interested in what we're talking about, and we'll send you some parenting books to get you and your family on the right track. Our main goal here is to help keep families together yes. and help families raise up good, strong children uh, that are capable and independent and strong thinkers and have morals and values and self-control. Uh, and that's, you know, mm. what we stand for. So if you need more information, we're going to have a lot more podcasts about this information. We're going to dive deep into all these principles and, you know, just stay with us and reach out to us if you have questions and concerns. Absolutely. And once again, this is David from the Show Up Dad, just encouraging you all you families out there and all you fathers out there to step into your role, you know, that God's called you into. You know, um, for too long, too many fathers have sat idly by thinking that their job was just to provide for the family. Okay. It's a lot much more and your family needs you to step into that role. Your wives need you. They're much more apt to follow you when they can trust your leadership. Remember that gentlemen. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by tall man equipment and also the show up dad foundation. You can find the Show Up Dad Foundation. More information on that at the Show Up Dad Foundation.org. Once again, thank you guys.